Good morning, Strong Tower. Amen. Amen. When the Lord relocated our church from Franklin to Nashville about four years ago, I asked him, I said, Lord, I want to get to know people in Nashville. For 18 years, we've been serving faithfully in Williamson County in the city of Franklin. And I was able to make a lot of great relationships with teachers and police officers, pastors, and other city leaders. And so once he thrust us into this harvest field, because people were praying for the Lord to send workers into the harvest field, he relocated Strong Tower because we are a working church, a serving church, a community-oriented church. He relocated us here. And I said, Lord, I want to get to know some people. And so um, I said, Lord, um, I hear about this thing called Leadership Nashville, where they bring together leaders from all over the city, from various walks of life and uh, different aspects of business. And I said, Lord, I, I want to get to know these leaders. And so I did not know that it was hard to get into Leadership Nashville that people had been trying for years. I heard one person had been on the list for eight years to get in. And I was blessed and fortunate to get in on my first year of requesting getting into Leadership Nashville. Yeah, my Lord. Uh, and the thing about Leadership Nashville is it's about the relationships that you make with people. Not everyone knows the Lord, and that's not necessarily the goal. The goal is for people to love each other, to work together where we can, to get to know one another, serve one another, build community, and also to see how we can help make Nashville a better place. And so um, I was a member of the class of 2017, the best class ever, and we got together, man, and met some characters, met a whole lot of great people. And on the first gathering that we had, um, I sat next to the lady who is speaking today, and the way that our leader worked it, the first person that you sit next to on the first day is the person that you're paired up with on the last day. So on my first day, I sat next to Mignon Francois, and you'll hear about her story today. Um, just a beautiful lady, just emanating the glory of the Lord, just glowing with so much joy and, uh, and, and girl could dress, too. Girlfriend could dress. I mean, her, her, her glasses matched her bag. I was like, okay, 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 all right. So we got to telling each other our stories on the first day. And I got to hear about this cupcake collection and this business that God had given her, which is really a ministry where she serves the community and blesses people. And God uses that to help meet her needs. I mean, it was an amazing story. And then when we came around to the last day, our graduation, if you will, um, I had to introduce her and explain her to the group again, and she did the same to me. And you have to be creative. And uh, so we took on a superhero theme when we shared with the rest of the group. And I was the incredible Hulk. You better believe that, baby. I was the Hulk up in here. <laughs> it must be the muscles or something. I don't know what it is. And Mignon was Wonder Woman. And so I bought her a tiara to put on that day. And I introduced her as a Wonder Woman and how God took her life literally from rags, from poverty. But she had a loving mother and grandmother, raised her up in the things of God. And she's being used by God all around this country through cupcakes, through baking. Mm -mm. So I introduced that Wonder Woman to everybody. And so when I started thinking, Lord, what's going to be our next series at Strong Tower? I said, oh, you know how I like superheroes. It's going to be Wonder Women and Supermen. We're going to just tell stories of ordinary people that God used to do heroic things, to glorify himself and to serve other people. And so, man, that was a no-brainer. I said, I got to call my sister and ask her, would she mind coming and sharing a little bit of her heart with Strong Tower Bible Church? And because when Mignon met me, she met my wife, and these two have hit it off as well. Matter of fact, we got a couple of more leadership Nashville folks from my class, best class ever in the house today. Can y'all just raise your hand, other leadership Nashville folks? All right, I see y'all. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Dr. Sean Joseph here, who is the superintendent of Metro Nashville uh, Public School. And we have also Deputy Chief John Drake of the Metro Nashville Police Department. Amen. Now, I'm going to let the cat out the bag. Again, I've met friends that we're going to be friends for life, and they told us that that would happen with this movement called Leadership Nashville. And in January, we are going to do our King Awards again, where we're going to honor men and women in the community who exemplify various characteristics of Dr. Martin Luther King. So on Martin Luther King Day, which is January 15, 2018, we're going to have a formal evening here, just like we did two years ago. And we're honoring five different individuals. We honored Jackie Patillo two years ago. And this year, we're going to honor, let's see here, Reverend Clifton Harris is going to be honored of the Urban League. We're going to honor Dr. Morgan Wills of Salome Health Clinic. We're going to honor Dr. Mona Ivy Soto of Belmont University. We're going to honor Natalie Grant, a recording artist. We're going to honor her that evening as well. And then finally, we're going to honor Deputy Chief John Drake for his work in domestic violence. So y'all going to get dressed up, put your tuxedos on. We're going to have a red carpet out here, all that good stuff. And we're going to honor people to whom honor is due. But today, my sister is coming to share. Every time I'm with Mignon, I'm drawn closer to Jesus. Every time I sit with her, I learn something about God from her. And because she bakes, and she told me the story how her grandmother taught her how to bake. And I don't want to go too much into your testimony, but she said, she talked about how you have these, uh, you know, prints in your hand. And her grandmother told her how to measure and all this kind of stuff. So she would just tell me these stories. And I remember one time she told me that, you know, Chris, you cannot introduce yourself without giving glory to God. Because when you say, I am Chris, you are acknowledging the I am, the one who made you in his image. I mean, she gives me so many of these practical things. And when we were at our office this past week, just praying and having a Holy Ghost good time, she started talking about when we wait on the Lord and how sometimes that's tough. But she says, when I think of waiting on the Lord, I think of myself as a waiter, like I'm a servant, like at a restaurant somewhere, that I am waiting. So waiting is not passive. It is something that you do and you're active and and you serve God and you serve people while you're waiting. While you wait, you wait. I said, girl, you better go ahead now. So without further ado. It's time for Mignon Francois and my wife, Darina Noel McFarland Williamson. Y'all come on up here now. Oh! If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. I mean, y'all don't understand. Sometimes it's hard to get up in front of y'all. Y'all walking around saying you got the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you looking like. (laughs) And, and, And people get up and they prepare themselves to come before you and you won't even give them a smile. And sometimes a smile is the only thing that you can give somebody today. And you don't know how that has saved somebody. So I practice on mine. And, and I want to make sure that I leave that with you today, if nothing else. If you're happy and you don't, we're spending the last 100 days being happy. So count back 100 days or how many days left we have in the year, every day with intentionality to get up and be happy. Know that all things are working for your good. So if, all, if God is who he says he is, that means he's going to do what he says he, he can do. And that means no matter what it looks like, it must be working for your good, for he said that all things work together for the good of them that love him. So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what it is, it's for your good. And so therefore you can be happy and tell your face. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Absolutely. (laughs) What a beautiful introduction of you, of who you are. 
with that fr- that crown. Oh my gosh, my crown! No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I love it. I'm not crazy. So I love it. I don't know if when people saw me come in here, they said, "Why does she have this? <laughs> Who does she think she is?" I'm a child of the king. That's right. And that means I can do anything I want to do. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> he, you know, like if you really believe that you're a child of a king, how you gonna act? So I think I could come up in church today with my holy, just the, the, that's right. I had to that's put right. on my holy jeans. And the shirt. I mean, you're just, you're representing wonder well, because wonder woman, woman is, the, the, the initials are actually mine turned upside down. So this is yeah. what I'd look yeah, like yeah, if yeah. I could fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I am representing the cupcake collection. Now, first of all, um, we are not going to minimize that we in Nashville know this woman, indeed worldwide, because of her cupcakes. So let me just say, off the bat, that if you have not been to the cupcake collection in Germantown, and if you have not had the number one seller, sweet potato cupcake, you're, you're missing out. Like seriously, you, you, you are missing out in life. Like you are missing an exquisite experience. So get yourself there this week and get a sweet potato cupcake and several more for your family. Matter of fact, if you were planning to like labor and baking, just give yourself that pass and make life easier and go to the cupcake collection. And she did not ask me to say all of that, but I mean, I'm wearing the shirt. But seriously, the sweet potato cupcake, okay? And I'll probably say it a few more times because it is amazing. And sweet potatoes, like it's a vegetable, right? You know, so. Um, Okay, so let me just do just a tiny bit. I mean, you could go to her social media Instagram page and, like, read up who she is. As Chris has already said, first and foremost, she is a daughter of the king. Um, She is a lover of Jesus. And in this house, as a Bible church, a house of worship, Um, We don't just bring people who can give you a nice speech and just tell you, uh, you know, a couple of steps. If you do these things, then you too can be successful as she is. Uh, You can go get books for that. Um, But we want to be able to share with you um, someone who is full of joy. I mean, as Chris said, when we went to sit with her this week, she started saying something so profound that we both took out our phones and just started typing notes because she's so full of the Lord. Like the joy of the Lord is her strength and it's so contagious to get to be around her. And so really, you know, Leadership Nashville was just God's divine setup for the two of them. And as she shared with us, she came a little late for that first day. And and so she sat in the back because, you know, you just kind of want to retreat back. And um, and their leader said, oh, no, Mignon, you know, we have an assigned seat for you. This is where you have to sit. And God assigned that seat. It could have been next to anyone, but it was next to Chris. And when he came home and shared with me the people he had met, he just couldn't, couldn't stop talking. And then I made the connection. That's the, that's, the cup, that's the cupcake, the sweet potato cupcake lady. Like, I was kind of like, that's, that's actually really cool. Like, she's a really, like, amazing person. She's famous, and that's really cool. But to get to know who she is beyond um, being the cupcake lady. Um, and I love on your website it said that your favorite responsibility and your role as CEO is giving hugs, listening, and mentoring your team, which is really, really sweet. So since we're talking about cupcakes, um, when did you know you had a passion for baking? Um. So I didn't know that I was passionate about baking. I was passionate about eating. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was hungry and uh, losing everything I had. The cars were repossessed. The house was up for foreclosure. We knew the date that it was going for sale. And I was tired of being sick and tired. Um, I was the room mom at school because I wanted to have field trips for my kids for free. And, you know, you can ask for stuff when you do stuff for people, right? And so I was always volunteering. But there were many days that my children couldn't go to school because we didn't have gas to get them there. And we were living in an area of town that was considered to be affluent or on the rise to affluency, but it really was the hood. 
And uh, so our neighborhood had gotten grandfathered in to the education system or to the location of the school. So if you wanted your children to go to the number one elementary school in the city, then you had to get them there. There are many days that my children just didn't go to school because I couldn't afford to get them there. And I was listening to a guy on the radio who was letting people get on his radio show and scream, we're debt free. And I could feel that. that. That was the way my mother raised me. She raised me to be financially responsible. And here I was doing things. I, I was like the prodigal son living out here, eating with pigs and wallowing in, in not having enough and, 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 and lack and want. And I just went before God. I was like, God, look, I know that you told me I was going to be famous. Like, this don't look like fame. And I don't want people to think that's arrogance when I say it, but because when something is planted on the inside of you and you're obedient to it, there's nothing you can do about it. And so I always knew from a little girl that I was going to be famous because I knew that God didn't waste this fabulous name on nobody knowing it. And so I had to do, I had a job to do. And, and I was hearing him tell people, sell your kids, but I like them and I want to keep them. And he said, uh, have garage sales, have a bake sale. And I was like, I could have a bake sale because I was always good at business, but I would always start, but I would never finish when I start. And God had said to me, I'm going to give you something. I want you to make cupcakes. But God, I don't know how to bake, not even out of a box. I burn the bread. Like the brown and serve rolls that y'all going to have Thursday that you just rip the paper open, you stick them in the oven. They come out perfect, but not for me. And so I was like, God, how am I supposed to bake cake? But I realized I had these two awesome daughters that were really great bakers. And I thought that I could sell whatever they make after school every day while they were at school. And so that was my plan. But as soon as I let my daughters in on what I wanted to do, my oldest daughter let me know that I actually do have a plan and it doesn't include you. I'm leaving. I'm going back to New Orleans where we're from. And so without her, my little daughter was no longer interested in doing anymore. So God, I got to learn how to bake. That's how I became passionate about baking. Wow. wow. <laughs> desperate time called for desperate a desperate measure. Yeah. So how did you land at the location that you're at now? Ooh, you mean as far as like physically? Yes. The, oh, what, physically great. and? And, and figured. Because, okay. yeah, because there's, there's, a, there's a lot. So 1213 6th Avenue North was a house um, in Germantown. And I was married back then, and my husband was a contractor. And he had, came, he had come to me and said, there's this really great house. Um, in this neighborhood that I'm working in, and I want you to see it. And, th and they want to take you to eat at this place that I like to eat on the corner. And so we got there, and I was like, this is ugly. I hate it. And this restaurant better be better than this house. And so we went down, and we ate at the restaurant, and it was really good. And I saw all the people coming out and from their jobs and going out back to eat going back and forth right where they were living. And I was like, well, take me back to the house. And on the inside, it rained more on the inside than it did on the outside. And we were standing up to our knees on the ground on the inside saying, this is wonderful. And it was condemned. And they wanted $140,000 for it in its condemned state. And so I said, this is crazy. So... They had owner financing on it. Remember I told you I didn't have any credit. I was, we were broke. We were broke is not a financial status. That's spiritual. I don't allow my children to say they're broke. I don't have the money right now. It's something different from being broke. We were broken. And so we were trying to ask these days. So they had owner financing available in the house. And so I come up with this idea, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tell them we need them to owner finance it. We need them to give us money to work on the house. And we need to have a whole year not to pay any notes so that we can get the house ready. And they're going to be like, yes. And they were like, no. 
And so um, we revamped our offer and they said, no, are you crazy? Do you know how many people want to have this property? This is Germantown, like, it's ugly. And um, he was like, people want to put restaurants there. I, I couldn't imagine it because there, there were none. And so I was like, well, I'm going to take some dirt out of this ground. I took the dirt from the ground. I put it in a Ziploc bag. I put it in my Bible, and I prayed over the property. And some time went by, and, I was, and we went by to check on the house. House still was, I was like, oh, Lord, let me give these people their dirt back. I'm holding up their house from selling because I had moved on in my mind. We're not getting this house. About month number three, the real estate agent called and said, hey, you remember that house that you guys were interested in? The owner wants to talk to you. And so the owner said, hey, you know, I've got these projects. If you will, in exchange for your work, I will give you the down payment money that you need, and I will finance the house for you. Now, mind you, we had moved to Nashville and I had said, God, only one year I'm going to live in an apartment. Only one year. I want a home for my children. After that, I'm getting a house. This, I'm done. And so this was almost a year to the date that I had said this to God. And so he said, I'm going to give you $10,000 for your work. I'm not going to give you anything else. So we said, okay. The, the job that we came here for fell through, so we were without a job. But we have committed ourselves to only working for this house equity. And so we started working. Week number one, our children, all six of them are out there, including my three-year-old who had his little Home Depot tool belt on with his plastic hammer, hammering nails on this home that the guy wanted us to do work on. And the week one ended, and he said, do you understand I'm not giving you anything extra? I'm only going to give you $10,000 towards the payment, down payment on the house. And he said, we understand but he was blown away by the work that we had done. Baby, I can do some carpentry, honey. I, I might not just dress cute, Chris. And so um, he pulled my husband to the side, and he gave him $2,000. He said, take your family and take care of them. Well, that was enough for me to handle an entire month because I wasn't used to having any kind of substantial money. Week number two goes by, and we work really hard, and he says, you know I'm not only giving you $2,000, $10,000 towards the work on this house. The week number two on Friday came, he gave us $2,000 again. So now we're $4,000 in and $10,000 on the table. He did that for four weeks straight. $8,000 in our pocket to take care of our family. We had no job. We only had faith. Your faith is currency that will perform for you. Money doesn't have any value in and of itself. It's your faith that performs for you. And so we were $8,000 in our pocket, $10,000 on the table. He financed the house like he said he did. We lived in the house one year without any notes, and he put $40,000 in a bank account in order for us to take care of renovating the entire project. So everything I pulled the dirt up out of the ground for and prayed God for, he gave it to me. They said I was crazy, but God said, I call you faithful. So when y'all were up there singing about, I call you faithful, you have been faithful to me. Yeah, I don't see how y'all sat down while he was singing like that. Because God will be faithful to you. All you have to do is ask. God said, ask, and I will give it to you. If you knock, like, has there ever been a time when you're looking in the Bible and somebody asked God a question and he did not answer them? Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is wait. But God will teach you patience. Be careful what you ask God for because he will give it to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, back in good measure. That's how he gives it back to you. The way that God's math works like this. Whatever you keep, you're going to lose. And whatever you give away, he'll give it back to you. I'm a living, I'm a witness. Did y'all write that down? Do you need her to say it again? Because I know some of us, like, we need to get that in our spirit, right? Wow. Whatever you keep, you will lose. Whatever you give away, he will give it back to you. Press down, shaken together, running over, back in good measure. That's how he'll give it back to you. Y'all just don't sing about it. I know y'all sing that here, right? Wow. Wow. 
So that's physically how you got to this location, but figuratively, spiritually, where do you want to elaborate on that? So, it, so like I told you, I always knew that I was going to be famous, and I kind of walk around like that. And my sister over here walked up to me a few minutes ago during praise and worship and said, girl, you are famous. I said, I receive it. And I, every time God had told me that people would walk up to me and bless him, that they would pray for my success because of the obedience in which I followed what he told me to do. And so when people walk up to me and say things like that, all I can do is receive it because it's just you being obedient to what God told you to say to me. It's a reminder to me of what he's going to do. I was sitting in the back of the house in the dark, um, that house that God had blessed. I'm like, God, I know you didn't bring us this far to leave us. We don't have electricity on a regular basis. We don't have running water. When you turn on the faucets, water is supposed to come out. That's what children think. That when you hit light switches, they're supposed to come on. But mine didn't. And I was sitting in the dark. Our house was hooked up to a generator because that was the most normalcy that we could offer to our children. And I, was, I had paid all the bills that I could pay because I was trying to be faithful to God by doing what I was supposed to do first. And I only had $5 left. And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm crying. What am I supposed to do with this? I, I have children to feed. We, we have to go to school. What am I supposed to do with $5? And my neighbor knocked on the door. And she said, why are you in the dark? I said, because I'm meditating. <laughs> Duh. I was too proud to tell her that I didn't have electricity. Not in Germantown. And... um. She said, well, I'll let you get back to what you're doing. I'm not going to keep you long. And she said, you know those cupcakes that you've been making in this house? Because when my children left, I didn't quit. God had told me to make cupcakes. And so when people were coming into my neighborhood and they were building houses across the street, I had put a three-by-three three sign up outside of the door that said, bakery coming soon. And I thought I had told the whole world. And I thought that I had to keep my word because I'm a woman of my words. I got to open up this bakery. And so when people would come into the neighborhood with the real estate agents, I would say, hey, look, I don't know how to bake, but my family says this is good. Will you try this for me? And they would do it. I wouldn't do that if I was them. But they were willing to try it. And they were like, oh, this is good. And they would come back and they would ask me for more. They would start knocking on my door. I got a knock on my door at 11 o'clock at night from a man with a pregnant wife. And he said, my wife needs some of those cupcakes. And I said, man, I ain't got none. And, um, and he said, well, can you make them? I said, yes, I will, because I feel her pain. And so I was up at 11 o'clock making her cupcakes, and those were the things that people were beginning to know about me. And so um, I was, when she came and she knocked on the door, she said, listen, I'm not going to keep you, but what I want you to do is I want you to make cupcakes for me. For every one of my clients, I'm going to give them as our holiday gift. She has 600 clients, and I had $5. She said, whatever you do whenever you want to start just get started and whenever you get some I'll pay you so I said okay and I closed the door God how am I when am I how are we supposed to I only got five dollars and God said to me if I feed the birds and the lilies of the field in all of their splendor are clothed as they are they're here today and they're gone tomorrow how much am I going to more feed you who looks just like me so I said, all right, God, I took my $5. I got myself together. I gathered myself, and I went to the Kroger's, and I bought everything I could buy for $5. I turned that 5 into 60 that night. I bought my baby snacks. They had little Debbies. They had juice boxes. They had potato chips, like, because they weren't used to having that kind of stuff. They were eating ramen noodles every day, ramen noodles and red beans and rice, And because uh, I'm from New Orleans. I can't bake, but I could cook. Okay, so um, by the end of that night, I took the 60, I put five back, and I took the 55, and I went back to the store. I turned that into 600 by the end of the week, and I turned that into $10 million in the last eight, nine years that we've been open.
because that's wow. how he'll give it back to you. That's how he'll give it back to you. You know why it worked? Because Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I'm going to say it again. Now faith. Right now. Faith that doesn't wait for you to have enough money to go to the store and buy what you need. Faith that doesn't wait for you to have the skill set you need to open up your business. Faith that doesn't wait for what the doctors say is wrong with you. Faith that doesn't wait activates itself right now. And we expected that God who emptied out heaven for us by giving us his only son doesn't expect us to do anything but sit around and wait. And you want God to do something for you. But you don't know that you have to activate yourself. God says, I am able. He didn't say I will. He said I'm able to do. Exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. But this is the part that we forget. According to the power that's working in you. So what does that tell me? That means I got to move. I have to work. Work is required of me. Adam and Eve and all of their wonderful digs that they, I bet you there is not a house on, in this Nashville city that could rival what Adam and Eve had. But what did God require of them to work? And so sometimes we think, and our children think, it's going to be, I'm just going to be cool and it's, I'm going to lay back and money's going to come to me. It is required that you work. And God honored that I activated my faith right now. Amen. That's why it worked for me. Amen. Amen. Mm. Wow. Mm. Talk about fame. Um, You just celebrated your golden anniversary of the store, nine years, on November 9th. Mm -hmm. And um, we were tickled in October to watch you on... um, Pickler and Ben, <laughs> when HSN surprised you and your joy. I watched it again this week. I've watched it several times. And I just love watching it because you were jumping up and down with joy and excitement. Um, they brought her on. Um, they, they had her on Pickler and Ben. And then um, the head of HSN surprised you. And they brought you on as their next big discovery um, as part of their Monday night show, The American Dreams Project. So... When you talk about fame and that God put that seed in you and watching it come to pass, and yet also, and I think this is what makes you a wonder woman, more than the crown and the shirt and, and the, the name Wonder Woman, superhero, but being a wonder woman because you are walking in a path that God ordained for you, but you are not ashamed and you never fail to glorify him and to tell that it's his wonderful work in you. Mm-hmm. I, people ask me, was I really that surprised? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, they, you know, people who know me know I'm an actress. But um, <laughs> I really was. Yeah. I really was blown yeah. away by it because God had told me that this was going to happen. And when you've waited, I'm, I've been waiting on, I've been, I worked two years every day like it was a job before the store ever opened. I didn't have, remember I told y'all I had no money. I I didn't have a job. Two years. And so this has been 11 years of my life. People think that that people just show up on the scene overnight. Fame doesn't happen overnight. It takes 10 years. Overnight success takes 10 years. And so I was in that moment seeing God do what he promised me that he would do if I would just be obedient. Right. And when you, when you obey God, he's responsible for the rest. That's right. That's right. That's All right. you have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. you have to do is show up. Right. All right. I'm right. here, God. I'm mm-hmm. obedient. I will do what it is that you told me to do. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for the way. God mm-hmm. said, I will make a way for That's you to right. escape. That's right. And the cupcake collection was the, the way that he did it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, we are arrogant as people. And we think that these ideas belong. I had this really great idea. Those ideas don't belong to you. Those ideas are funneled to you by God. And so the way that you know that the idea was from God, you check it against the word of God. And so if it tests out against the word of God, that means you have to be reading the word of God to know the word of God. 
Um, but if you test your idea against the word of God, then you will know that those come from God. Right, right. And, and it's a wonderful thing to know that, you know, that God doesn't really have a voice. God doesn't have a voice. Not that you can stand to hear. So what he does is he uses ordinary people. And so today, the voice of God sounds like me. If something I say resonates to you, I have no idea to know what you're going through or know what your experience is. But God tells me when I let, let myself be a vessel for him to you, be used, that the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Every time before I get up and do anything like this, and then you get to take it and you say, she said something. I said nothing. All you heard was the voice of God, and today the voice of God sounds like me, and the voice of God sounds like you, and the voice of God sounds like him because God will use people. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. And speaking of the voice of God, you know, you were telling Chris and I, as God was leading you into this new season, one of which is so cool, being a New Orleans girl, um, give a, before we lead into our scriptures, um, just give them a little preview of kind of this coming attraction that God is doing. <laughs> which one? Oh, uh, so, uh, there's so many. <laughs> the you want me to talk about New Orleans? Yes, okay. yes, New Orleans. So two years ago, God does something with me in twos. Uh, two years ago, I had um, been, been with my friends and they were like trying to get me out of the house because I, I had been divorced then for coming on two years. And um, they were like, you need to get out. And I was like, why? Because, you know, and so we went to New Orleans. I had never been to Bayou Classic. Um, and I'm from New Orleans, but I had never been to Bayou Classic. And so I went and we had 50 yard, front row 50 yard line seats. And I'm just like, look at all this favor, you know, around me. And, and we had been eating around the city. And God said, you're here because you're going to open the Cupcake Collection in New Orleans. And I was like, I don't want to come back here. And God said, but do what I told you to do. And so I went back home and I said, okay, guys, we're opening the Cupcake Collection in New Orleans. And they were like, okay, but you can't do anything in 2016 because we need you to see your power. And so I waited all of 2016, and in February of 2017, my CFO said, okay, you can go. And so I started working towards moving into New Orleans. We started doing these pop-up shops. And our first pop-up shop, we saw 10,000 people at our first pop-up shop. People, they, they were seeing this brown girl with curly hair, and they're like, who is that, and what is she doing? I had to, ah, a smile on my face. They wanted to feel that. And so they started coming. And so we came back for Essence, which I've been invited to a stage next year for Essence. And um, isn't, that, uh, isn't that amazing? Um, and so just because I was out there on the peddling my cupcakes, you know, I was out there competing against Coca-Cola. Little old cupcake collection. We was competing against Coca-Cola. And, and so here we are two years almost to the date where God has given me the place. I, I did a video about two weeks ago, and I sat in front of this little store that I wanted. I said, I'm not leaving until I have the key. And I got the keys. I sent off my information yeah, on Monday. Yeah. We overnighted it, so I officially have a place on, on one of the most well-known addresses in New Orleans. And so we opened there two years to the date when God said wow. to move. Wow. Now faith. Wow. Now faith. Now faith. So moving into this new season, and, and there's, I mean, you could tell us for another, the next hour of all of the opportunities that God is bringing your way and the uh, incredible favor. Um, you said God was waking you up at 317 with scriptures. So he was waking you up with scriptures. Tell us some of, of those, because, you know, 317, like that's, that's a secret place time. Like that's mm -hmm. like, a, okay, like. He's waking you up. It's disrupting your sleep, mm -hmm. but it's with, it's with scripture. He's speaking his words to you. And you, you began to tell us some of the specific words that God was giving to you. Does anybody get up in the middle of the night every night? I told y'all if y'all was happy and you know it, you had to tell your face. Yeah. 
Does anybody get up in the middle of the night, every night, and you're doing what? You're checking the stove to make sure you turn it off, the doors that you lock them, your children that they're breathing. That ain't why you're getting up. God, was a, God is awakening you. And I, I turn on the TV. I love television. I'm not one of those parents that say, y'all got to watch a limited amount of TV. We can watch, sorry, Dr. Joseph, they can watch all the TV they want to watch <laughs> at my house because you can learn from a good television program. My favorite right now is Blackish. You know, you get a lot of, <laughs> you get a lot of good life lessons off of the television. And so um, I had turned on the TV because, you know, that's what I like to do. And so um, it, the, every day, um, the, I was waking up, I look at the clock, it was 3.17. I started playing a game with myself, what time is it going to be? 3.17. So I got up and I was watching TV and this man was on TV. I love PBS. PBS is my favorite channel, especially during, yours too? <laughs> I saw her celebrate that. <laughs> during fundraising time, right? It's the best television on TV is during fundraising time on PBS. And so um, this guy was on there, and he was saying, the morning breeze has something to tell you. Do not go back to sleep. And I said, you sound like crazy. You're getting off my TV. And so I was too lazy at 3 o'clock in the morning to get up and change the channel. He says it again. The morning breeze has something to tell you. Do not go back to sleep. So I'm going to get up now, and I'm going to look for my remote. And as I'm looking for the remote high and low at 317, like I'm on the ground, and I'm looking for the remote, and the man says, God is trying to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay. What does he have to say? And um, he said, the only time you'll be silent enough is right now. So when you get up next time, it's going to be harder to actually do it. But get up, put your feet on the floor, and a week later, you'll actually get out of the bed. And that's exactly what happened to me. It took me a week to gather myself and get out of the bed. But when I got to the living room, I was like, God, I don't know what we're doing, and I've never heard the voice of God, and I don't know what you're trying to say, but here I am. So I opened my Bible. I brought it with me so that y'all would, would believe me and see. I opened it, and I dropped it to wherever it would fall, and I went to chapter 3, verse 17, because I didn't know what else to do. And I got my first word from the Lord. And in my Bible, they have these reference points that run down the middle, and it's got the study section that will explain to you everything that it was that you were reading. So I feverishly, I'm going through the Bible, cross-referencing everything, and things are coming back and forth and telling me what, what is happening in my life. And God said to me, Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. And all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb, that's your children, will be blessed. And the crops of your land, that's your cupcakes. And the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flock, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to do. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as holy people as he promised you on earth. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your room, the young, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. At 317. God told me that if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. And if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. You will reap sparingly. So if you plant... Come on, farmers. If you plant a few seeds, you're only going to get a few crops. Mm -hmm. 
But if you plant a lot of seeds, you'll get a lot of crop. I was going to church, and I didn't have any money. And I was sitting in church, and the tithe plate was coming by. The offering plate was coming by. And I said, God, I want to put something in there, but I only had $60. But by now, I didn't have just five left at the end. You know, I had 60 And so God said, well, give it to me. If you want to, you just said, you know, like, if you really want to do something, you can just get up and do it, right? If you want to. God said, if you, you really want to give it to then give it to me. You have money, give it to me. So God said, take the, the prayer ticket that's in the back of the, the pew and read it. And so I read it, and it was 2 Corinthians 9. And he's like, no, read it. And so that's where God said, if you, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. And so I gave everything that I had into that offering plate. And then every time they would bring the prayer requests by, I would fold mine up blank, and I would walk down to the front of the church and put it into the basket every week as God was waking me up at 317. I believed that my prayer was so deep that I couldn't put words to it, that it wasn't enough space on this paper for me to write it down. But if God could see me, that he knew what I was going through and he could answer and he would do better than I could in telling my story to the father. And so I decided to take my blank prayer requests and put them in every day. I remember when I got up in front of the church and got a chance to tell that testimony. A little old lady stood up in the back of the church and she said, I've been waiting to see who I've been praying for. And that lady... That lady had been laying on her face for me. She knew that if God was doing something in somebody, that they didn't have words that were audible. But know that when you cry, when you cry, your father in heaven can hear you. With groans and whispers, the word says, that cannot be understood. So don't stop yourself from crying out to the Lord. Yeah. Just sometimes you got to just sit there and just be like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he knows what it is that you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I promised God that if he would make me successful, that I would tell anybody who would listen about what they could do if they believe. And I'm keeping my promise to God. That's exactly, yes. I love the fact that those were the exact words that you responded to Chris when he asked if you would speak. You said, thank you for allowing me to keep my promise to God. And that just struck me. Not, well, thank you, because I love getting to speak and be a public speaker, but thank you for allowing me to keep my promise to God. And I didn't know what the promise was, but the fact that you would be grateful and see God putting you on his heart as a wonder woman for us to be able to hear from, that that was just like God allowed you to sit next to him. You could have sat next to any of your wonderful leadership comrades, leadership national comrades, but God had you sit next to Chris Williamson. And here a year later, God is allowing you to speak here and I know, because I know how God works, that, and some of you who came today, this is your first time here, God had you here today because there is a word that he wanted you to hear from him, and he cooked it up and prepared it through this woman to share with you. So I'm excited for all of us to see, as God continues to do the good work that we hear and see him doing in you, that he's also doing in all of us, how that will just be unfolded. Um, any final scripture you want to share before I pray for you? Um, in, the same, in the same chapter that I was reading to you earlier, God said in due season that, that he would open up his bountiful storehouse. Did y'all know that God has a place where he stores the snow? That's what the Bible tells us. And when you see a blizzard, can you imagine there's a place that that's being kept? And God said he would open up his bountiful storehouse and cause rain to fall. Rain causes, you know, like we, we're like so worried about the rain that's happening in our lives. We just want it to end. 
but rain without it, flowers can't grow. And God says, I don't let my rain come without and, and come back to me without it doing what I sent for it to do. And I just want you to know that he said he will cause the rain to come in due season. And I want you to know what that means is that due season, D-E-W, is due season. That's D-U-E. That God knows he owes you something. He's going to give it to you. And he's not going to let anything stop him from giving what he promised you in the season that you're in. And so the more I get the opportunity to tell people about what God can do, the more he has promised to give back to me. So this is selfish. This is selfish for me because I know that God is blessing every time I open up my mouth in obedience to what he told me to do. Because ain't no rocks going to cry out for me. Because he gave me this big old mouth so that, so that I could shout to the mountaintops what you can do if you only believe. You know, there, y'all were singing earlier about nothing is impossible for you. And when you think about the word impossible, if you look at it from a different perspective, it's simply I'm possible. And when you break that down... It, it's truly saying, I am possible. That means that nothing is impossible for me because I am. And, and the, the thing that Pastor Chris was trying to tell you before is that you will never be able to introduce yourself without giving glory to the Father. Because what is, what is your first name? Your first name is Darina, and you think that his first name is Chris, and you thought that my first name was Mignon. But actually, when your mother birthed you, the first gift she gave you was your name. And the next thing that she gave you, or your father gave you, was his name. But also in that naming process, your father in heaven gave you a name. The word of God says, who do they say I am? And, they, and he said to tell them that I am sent you. And so there, when you introduce yourself, the first thing you actually say is, hi, I am Mignon Francois. And so what does that mean? That all things are possible for me because I am. And God gave me his name because I look like him. And God gave me his name because I belong to him. And that's the same thing that your parents or that you do. When you name your children, you're arrogant to believe that you came up with that. His name sounds cute with mine since so we have put this together. No. That God tells you what to name your children. And then he puts his stamp on it. What a wonderful thing to be a creative person because every single one of us have been signed by God in our fingertips. Our fingertips are the signature of God. So when I place my hand on something and I leave that behind that you can't see, you've been touched by God. And we're walking around with that power and we're scared to ask people for stuff. And we're scared to walk in what God told us. There is a thin line between what looks like crazy and the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for Mignon Francois. We thank you, Lord, that you had a great idea when you created her. (laughs) And we are witnesses, Lord. Those who are meeting her for the first time today and those who have followed her for years. um, Lord, we are witnesses to another masterpiece. We are masterpieces as she is. And Lord, we as a church family, Lord, we as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, we celebrate the good work that you are doing through our sister. And Lord, we don't put her on display. Lord, she is a trophy of your grace. And so when she shines and when she smiles, she radiates the goodness of God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, So many nuggets, Lord, for us to all glean today. 
Lord, to walk away, to be able to say, Lord, if you can use anyone, if you can use Mignon, you can use me. Lord, I pray for those who are considering, Lord, what is it that you've given me? What is it that you have called me to? Lord, where am I supposed to stamp the fingerprint of God on, Lord, in this world? Lord, you have called her through the beauty of cupcakes, through the beauty of, of giving hugs to her staff, Lord, through the beauty of radiating the joy of Christ through her smile, Lord, over cameras, Lord, all over the world, Lord, in all the beautiful and grand ways that you're using her. Lord, would you assure us today of how you are using us? Would you assure, Lord, our students who are trying to figure out, Lord, what is it that you have for me to do in this great big world? Lord, assure those of us who are older in age and who are looking back over our lives, Lord, and all in between. We are all your masterpiece, your good work. And I pray that we would continue to perform that good work until the day of Christ. We bless our sister, Lord. We love her. We are proud of her. And we are giving you glory for the work that you're doing. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. 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 Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Amen. God uses ordinary people to do super things for his glory, for his glory. Now, faith. It's not faith until we act on it. We don't believe it until we walk it out. So may fear not hold us hostage anymore. May we walk in faith. May we trust God. May we step out of the boat He's no respecter of persons. What he's done with our sister, he can do with you. He can multiply your little bit into much. Give him everything, starting with yourself, and watch him do more with your life than you can ever do with it on your own. That's the joy of walking with God by faith. So have a great week this week walking with him. For those who are traveling, safe travel mercies be upon you. Those who have family coming in, may they be blessed in your home. And until next week, we pray that the Lord would keep all of us. Now, next week, my wife is preaching the word, and she's going to share about Ruth next week. Is that right, baby? Unless the Lord changes. Following my wife, uh, Elder Tyler is going to preach a word. And then on December 10th, our new student ministry director is going to preach a message also in this Wonder Women and Supermen series. You know why? Because your pastor is taking three weeks off in the name of Jesus. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. Oh, many of you came up to me and said, Pastor, you look tired. I'm like, now, what is that supposed to be? So, 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 but in love, they say you look tired. My elder said to me, Pastor, you were supposed to take a sabbatical in August. It didn't happen. You've been so busy working. Uh, Pastor, we strongly encourage you, man. Take a break. So I'm going to Dallas to see one of my spiritual fathers, Tony Evans, and hang out with him. I'm going to Memphis to hang out with my brother, Kirk Whalem, and he's going to breathe into my life some encouragement. And I may head up to Baltimore, and my bride is going to be with me. We're going to be honeymooning and all that. I'm reading some books that have nothing to do with preaching. I'm feeling good, y'all. I'm feeling good. Watch out when I come back. So I won't be in church unless you see a dude sneak in with a mustache and a big old afro on. I might disguise myself, come hear, come hear my wife preach, but we will see, we'll see. But uh, I'm going to enjoy this rest. Amen. And those of you who need a rest, make sure you rest during the holidays. Put your feet up, watch a good program, put on a Hallmark station and watch one of those love stories where people don't take their clothes off and enjoy yourself. Grab the hands of somebody next to you. Is anybody happy in the house today? You going to notify your face that you're happy? Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for what we have heard. Thank you for what our hearts have felt. Thank you, Lord, that you've invited us to come into your house to bless you with your people. Thank you for Jesus Christ, your son, who is the door of heaven, who is the way to you. Thank you that he came to give us life, and he came to give us life more abundantly. Lord, activate our faith through our obedience today. May we be more concerned about giving 
than about receiving, knowing that when we give, we will receive. But Lord, we want to be like you. We want to serve and not look to be served. We want to give and bless others. Give us that radical kind of life. Thank you for bringing your daughter by here today just to remind us, Lord, of what this walk is all about. That, Lord, as you are using her, you are using us. Thank you that our faith was strengthened today through your daughter. And as my wife prayed, bless her as she goes. And now, Lord, as we go out and go about our respective business, as we'll be absent from one another's presence but never from yours, we thank you that you are keeping God, a good God, the all-wise God. We bless you and we love you and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. I dare you to hug three people before you leave. You got to hug somebody.